Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Grab First uh, Samuel chapter 17, and um, I want to share with you just uh, for a few moments... I was wondering whose phone was going off the whole time, and it was mine. So, First um, Samuel 17, you all right? You know, let's go for 20 minutes right here. It's a word. Look at your neighbors. I'm ready to hear it, okay? All right, let's, uh, and I'm not going to read this whole chapter, but it would, uh, you just go home and read the whole chapter, but we're going to jump in a couple of verses or whatever. And what I just, I'm just still talking about destiny and vision. How many believes that God's got a purpose for your life, right? How many believes that God's got a destination for your life? You with me? And so we just, over this past weekend, while well, some of you at the lake and lodges, but we had an amazing conference in this room. All right, with me? And so we were privileged to host two of, just two great men of God, three great men of God, and just to hear their stories how God, uh, in His wisdom, intersects their lives. And they're going all throughout this nation on some tough issues. How many believe that we probably pried up some things and, you know, I just got mad when he came on stage. I said, who let Jezebel in? <laughs> and, you know, felt like we was fighting a little bit this morning. But, you know, but uh, anyhow, anytime you're going after great issues right there, you can expect a little battle. How many but knows that Jesus is the victor, amen? And he gives us victory. And so just to hear the story of their lives and to see how long that, uh, you know, that Will had been going at this, really traveling with a kettle pot since 2000 is what he said. And so how many knows it took a few years for him to travel before anybody found out or before their picture was ever on the face of Charisma magazine? So listen, all of us are on a journey. And all of us may be at different levels and all of our destinations may look different. But we're all trying to find this place called purpose and destiny. What God put us on the earth for. What, are, what, what wakes us up in the morning and what keeps us going. And so to know this, first of all, you got to know that God does have great purpose. And we often quote Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans and the purpose I have for you, says God. God spoke that to a people in bondage. They didn't believe they had a purpose. And they didn't believe that he had plans. But God's got great purpose and he's got great plans. So let's look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. So I want to talk about the process a little bit, okay? Listen, you're not going. this is not going to be some chest bumping message. But it'll be some good broccoli. And how many knows you got to have that in your diet too? If all we ate was ice cream and lived at Disney World, how many knows we wouldn't live too good? Y'all right? All right. All right, 1 Samuel 17, verse 29. Let's look at this uh, verse of Scripture. And he said this, and David said, What have I, what have, uh, and David said, What have I uh, done now? Uh, is there not a cause? So to set this story up, we didn't read it all, but David is being sent by Jesse, his father. He has three older brothers that is on the battlefield. And they're on the battlefield in the Valley of Elah. And that the Philistines have a, they have a giant um, and, uh, called Goliath. And Goliath comes out and he taunts the children of Israel. He taunts the war and he shows off his sword. He shows off his, I mean, his physique. He's just, he's, he, he's a giant. And so they're in fear and they're being held up. 
at this place. And so David has been sent out by his father, and he says, go check on and see how the war is waging and, and bring some cheese and crackers and, and to your brothers and you know, give them something to sustain them. And so David makes it there, and, and as he comes up into the valley of Elul to check on his brothers, he, he notices, uh, he, he, he sees the giant coming out to hold them up from battle. And he sees the fear on their face. The scripture says they were fierce, uh, just stricken with fear, and they were held up in this little place. And then he hears Saul rise up and says, My God, who's going to be the man that can go out and take this Goliath out for us? I mean, we're held up here. Who, who's going to have enough faith? Who's going to have enough courage to go out and face this giant? Listen here, it's going to take great courage to accomplish what God's going to get us to accomplish. You with me? I'll take the four with me this morning, okay? It's going to take great courage for us to do what God's going to do, say he's going to do. You with me? All right, now we're prophesying big things, believing for big things, and it's hard to, to, to not let these eyes determine, come on somebody, what God is speaking to us in the secret place. And so it's going to take great courage. So David overhears this conversation of Saul saying, Listen, my God, if somebody will just stand up and face this joker and take him out, I'm fixing to write him a mega check. Listen here. Not only is he going to get a check, he ain't got to pay taxes on the check. How many knows that's a shout right there? He don't have to pay taxes on the check. Not only that, I'm going to give him a house and he's going to be able to marry my daughter. So David hears this conversation. And so, how many knows that this is, this is his now, right now. This is his time moment. Listen, there's things that, listen, I believe that promotion, listen, what, what, what is holding you back, listen to me, the things that has held you back or the sin that does so easily beset you has your promotion papers in his hand. Come on now. How we cry out to God, Father, would you, would you just come, Lord? Would you just let somebody just open the door? God, would you open the door for my life? God, you see the gifting and the calling and the talent on my life. Would someone just open the door? Listen, what is a lot of times, what you, if you'll be willing to defeat something, someone might notice you. All right. So listen to me. Now think about this. His older brothers, David is the youngest of eight. He was not even in the house. He was not even in the line to be worthy when Samuel the prophet showed up to Jesse's house. Remember God spoke to Samuel the prophet and said, How long are you going to mourn for Saul? How long are you going to cry over Saul? Get up from here. I've got a man, I've got a man that I've chosen in Jesse's house to be king that will be a man after my own heart. So David is not in the house. He's out in the field. Let me tell you something where, where, where God is looking for in this season. He's looking for some field-tested leaders. Oh, my God. I'm going to talk just a little bit. Can I talk just a little bit right here? He's looking for field tests. Listen, there's some tests you cannot get just sitting in the house, friend. you got to get out here and get in the field and learn what it's like in real life. When you're field tested, listen, number one, fear don't cave you in as easy as it used to when you were sitting in the house. Come on. Can I get some help right here? 
Listen, when you went through some things, when you didn't know how God was going to pay the bills, and yet you saw God come through, that's a field test, friend. When you was in the hospital and the doctor said, it don't look good on this thing, but you set up within yourself, whose report are we going to believe? We're going to believe the report of the Lord, or we're going to believe what this man's telling us, and you see God bring you through as a healer. This is field testing. And so when you get the privilege of being around the field-tested leaders, you've got to take an opportunity to draw from that well. Now David shows up. And his brother is ticked off when he even sees him. Like there ain't no jealousy that goes on. Jealousy's in all of us and it's killing us. Come on. So jealousy rises up because David inquires. He looks over and sees David. Now what? (laughs) Repeat what he just said. Because, I mean, I've been out here just tending sheep for these few, I mean, all these years. There ain't nothing happening out here in the sheep pen. Now what did he say? Well, he said he's going to buy him a house. He's going to give him a daughter to marry. He's going to give him a check. And he ain't even got to pay taxes on it. David turns around and says, hey, I'm your man. I'm your huckleberry. Throw me in that fight. Come on, y'all with me? Y'all going to be alive right here these next 14 minutes? We got to take it to 12 anyhow for it to be legal. Come on now. He said, I'm the man. Put me in there. His older brother gets upset and says, I know your heart, man. You're wicked. You coming down here to show up, listen here. What his brother was offended at is the fact that David was field tested and he wasn't field tested. My God, I've come to say something right. Listen, what he was really upset is he was unqualified to go out there and fight because he had never fought nothing in his life. When you don't, you don't know how to fight till you get in one. And anybody that's a good fighter has been beat up a little bit. Why you think Tyson was a bad man? Well, now I was a little boy. Now Tyson was bad till he ran up the Holy Field. Remember when I was a little boy, we had the regular Nintendo, Mike Tyson punch out. Come on, y'all remember that? He kids like what? Had like three buttons. No, had yeah, three or four buttons on the thing. And when we wanted to text somebody, we had to get on a bicycle. That's how far it comes back. And you rode down there and you told them. Huh? Listen. And now our kids can't even ride in the vehicle without an iPad. Asher's complaining because we got an hour ride with no iPad. He's struggling. Life is hard. Come on. (laughs) Just where we come from. Just cutting up. Just, you know, I'm not very old. But when I was a little boy... Where I lived at, we had to pick up the phone, and if the neighbors was on the phone, y'all don't even remember that day. Remember the party lines? You had to, about, after about 10 minutes, hey, cut the conversation off. We got to call somebody. Hang the phone up. So David, listen to this. David's out doing what he does. He's in the field. His brothers are hanging up there near the house. Listen to me now. His brothers are hanging up close to the house, up there by daddy. And so when Samuel rose up, he looks at Eliab. Now Eliab 
somewhere had some bag in him. Because the scripture says that he was tall. He was dark headed and he was very handsome. And the scripture says that Samuel was quick to the draw. And he says, my God, look at the stature. I'm talking to us right here. Look at the stature. Look at the gifted. Man, he can sing. Man, he can preach. This is God's man. Goes to pour the ram's horn on him and God stops him. Says, this ain't my man. This may be your man, but it ain't my man. Y'all all right with this? So God puts the brakes on Samuel and he said, you look at the outward appearance. You're looking at all of his tool bags. But you can't see the depths of his heart. And he's surely not field tested. Listen to me. When you're not field tested, the gifts that you got to use to bring great reformation to the church will be the same gifts that will blow you up. Gosh, I'm trying to talk to us right here. It's quiet, but that's okay. We're taking it in. That's what we're just drawing. Okay. <clears throat> when you're not field tested, the very things that's been gifted to you to help you can become a curse to you. Take you out. Blow you up. So David is out doing what he's doing. Listen to me. When God notices you, you will do what you do when nobody's looking. The reason why Will Ford is being, is being allowed access to travel this nation is because he prayed over it in secret when nobody was looking. And he was faithful to the place of prayer and go weep over a nation when nobody was looking. When you're a worship leader, you will worship God in your house long before you ever have the stage to get on. When you're a preacher, you'll share the gospel with anybody that'll listen. Catherine used to say this in our younger days. My God, you preached their ears off tonight. Why? I ain't have a pulpit. Somebody was, I mean, somebody's living room just became the pulpit. And I was here to share the latest revelation that I just got off the carpet or the internet and told it like it was mine. I had Jensen's top ten and could claim them all and could back quote them to you today. He had a sermon called Drop the Rock. I knew, I knew every place in that. Rod Parsley let out a worship CD on, on the sound of Jubilee, the spirit of the sovereign Lord on me. When the man sang in tongues, I'd sing in tongues with him because I played it every day. But how many knows this? That wasn't my message. That was Rod Parsley's message. Come on, somebody. Eli didn't have a message. He had gifting. David had a message that he developed on the backside of the desert when he was by himself. Listen, you got to do this thing with the no attaboys, without a check, without people loving you long before the check comes and the attaboys come. Can you be faithful in that season? And what David was entrusted with is the little bitty sheep in the back. But how did he get field tested? When he came up to Saul and Saul looked at him and says, Oh my God, <laughs> I mean the faith of this arm is now in the hands of this little old boy. Come on, am I in the book? Y'all right? And he says, We can't let you go fight. Now look, notice what he says. But he says, sir, your servant has been entrusted with a little bit of sheep. 
And in that process of me being with the sheep, notice that he don't talk about, notice that he didn't sell, notice that he didn't tell Saul this. I don't know if you know this, but there's a prophet named Samuel in the land. And he showed up at our house. Come on. He showed up at our house and he called me out and said, I was going to be the king of Israel. That's why I'm going to battle. He never told Saul that. He said, your servant has been entrusted with a handful of sheep. I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Nobody, it's just for me. This is for my house right here. I'm just preaching for me and Cat right here. You with me? But your servant was entrusted with a little bit of sheep. And in the process of that, I learned how to worship God in the night season. And one night when I was playing my harp out there in the night season, told me how great thou art and how magnificent he was. There was a line that snuck through the, 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 through the back gate. And when that line come through the back gate, your servant rose up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and I grabbed that I grabbed that bear by the paw and snatched him down and the Lord took him out with me he said in one day in broad daylight I've never seen this I've never seen this Saul but in broad daylight a lion had the audacity to sneak in my and to sneak in my little pen out there and he went to drag one of the lambs off and as he did he said I rose up and I grabbed the lion by the mane and I stared him in the eyes and your servant took out the lion and the bear so what I'm telling you I'm field tested I'd have been out and fought a few things. I'd have overcome something. You don't understand. You don't understand my journey, friend. It ain't, it ain't always been this pretty. I've overcome some stuff. There's some other people in this room that's overcome some stuff. Come on, friend. You're field tested when you look drugs in the eye and say you ain't going to have nothing over this anymore. You're field tested when you look at some things that you've overcome in your life. When everybody else left, come on, friend. When everybody else walked away because they, they didn't get called to run the revival, but yet you stayed the course knowing that God can see through your shingles and know right where you're living at. And when he gets ready to call you, you'll be field tested and ready for the journey. Yeah. All right. I'm almost done here. I could preach for days on this. But listen to this. I'm field tested. When I first started at the phone company, those in the phone industry know this. It's all changing now. But I've just got to go back by 10 years, 15 years. One of the roughest things to find is an open cable pair. What that means, you know the little green boxes you set on the side of the road? Those little green boxes, a lot of them was transferred to fiber now. When you've got a copper plant, there's twisted pair inside that. There'll be a pair which is a blue and a blue-white. An orange and an orange white, a tip and a ring, which makes your telephone ring in your house. One of the most difficult things is the customer calls and says the phone's out of the house. Well, when you go to a house, every phone man, the first thing we're going to do is lift the protector up and see if a lightning has blowed the little capacitor in there. A lot of times during thunderstorms, blow the capacitor, we change that out, boom, gone, gone to the next job. The roughest thing to find is an open cable pair. What that means is between that house and the office, lightning has come in there or something or either somebody shut a lid and, they've, and one of the scotch locks, the little things that hold both of those wires together, one side's open. Now what I love to see in that is someone fresh out of college, go trace that down. He's been trained, listen to me, he's been trained by the greatest telecommunication minds 
and he comes out of classroom. But what I'm trying to tell you, what's found in the classroom ain't found in the field. Can, can I talk? Can y'all give me five more minutes right here? What's found in the classroom is not found in the field. Now let me just say this. We break this down into in the, in the thing. CJ, you're a welder. You've been trained how to weld. What you gonna listen to? What's your, what's your instructor that's just been in the classroom or a man that's been welding 40 years of his life? You're gonna take what he tells you. Why? Because he's got something called street cred. Street cred is always better than Ed. My God, huh? Listen. Listen, I'm trying to preach. Why am I preaching like this? Because I'm trying to grow us up into what God's trying to do. And we cannot stay infants to walk in what God's trying to walk in. What we're talking about ain't for diapers, friend. This is for camos and bootstraps. Come on, friend. That knows how to hold a weapon in one hand and a shield in the other. And say, my God, let's possess what God's trying to tell us. All right. God, my God, I'm about to get, um, this is what just, this is what I meditate on. It's what I think about day and night. Mm, mm, mm. So we had this phone guy. He might not be much to look at, but I rode with him several times. Still remember when we had the Kenwood radios. Remember that two-way radio we call? Still remember the handle we called out. We own it. He'd open the box. Take his test set. Oh, it ain't him. About a mile back that way. I said a mile back that way. How you hear? You hear the hum on that line. It's real faint in the distance. It's about a mile that way. The young boys, they'd be out there ped to ped. Where that? Where that? Where that? He jumped right by past them. Pull about a mile down the road. There it is right there. Look, y'all. See where lightning blow the back of that scholar? Let's get us another one. He didn't learn that in a textbook. He learned that after years of service in the field. And it taught him his ears to hear and his eyes to see what to look at, how to run it down real quick. All right, now listen to me. You cannot bring people where you have not been. This is, this is where it says, where does the anointing come from? It comes from experience, your devoted life, all of this. All right, let me say this. You take somebody, come up here and talk about how to, uh, let's just go the worst deal. Someone will preach a message on how to deal with overcoming losing a child. They're just going to read that out of a book. Charles Stanley, How to Deal with Grief, and get up here and tell us about that. I can promise you this, there may be some people touched in the room, but you let somebody that's walked through that fire. I said walk through the fire. I'm talking about the folks that went to their own funeral. Come on, somebody, their children's funeral. Learn how to walk it out. Because when we when 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 we read when we when when we put Charles Stanley book down, come on, somebody. And when all the, when all the lights are shut out, you still gotta live in the same house you heard the pitter patter feed in. Come on. And when you walk through that, then you come back and give your testimony. Friend, there's oil on that. You hear me? I don't care how many books somebody studied on grief. I don't care how many, how much libraries they have exhausted the experience when it comes to it. So let me tell you how I did it. This is how I did it right here. 
This is how I walk through that process out in my life. This is what makes us so valuable in the kingdom. Every one of us has a different experience. And all of us are the sum total of the experiences, good and bad, in our life. All right. I'll try to get to something good in just a second, okay? The best education you will receive to equip you from destiny will not come from the classroom. It will come from trials and, tr and difficulties that you go through. Education doesn't trump experience. Now, I got this right here from T.D. Jakes' quote. If you don't like him, just close your ears for a second. T.D. Jakes is speaking to a group of young, frustrated pastors. They're frustrated that their churches are not growing. They're frustrated that, why ain't we on TBN now? Why? I mean, why, why ain't we here? Why ain't we running this budget? And this is what he looks at that young group of people, and he said, you must earn the right to be heard. God, this is good right here. Please set me up in the coaching thing. Let me preach this in the business world. You got to earn the right to be heard. It, why you? Why you? Why do I want to listen to you when you ain't got nothing to point to? Earn the right to be heard. This is why Jesus in Matthew chapter one that we skip over it. He goes all throughout the genealogy, the, the genealogy of him making himself on the scene. I got a right to be heard. Why? Look at that one. Look at that one. Look at that one. You with me? Earn the right to be heard. So listen to this. People won't follow you because you say so. They will only follow you when you have endured, developed, and grown, and sometimes suffered. You ain't going to hear that preach today. I can promise you this, if you got dust, destiny, you're fit to suffer. I will tell you this, the call of God on your life, you will suffer. If you don't believe that, let me tell you. Remember I told you that, you will suffer. You will walk with blades hanging out your back, through your skull and everything. You will suffer. Am I telling him a lie? This is the deal. If you start a business, you will suffer. Cindy, am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth? People say, well, I tell you what, we're just going to go in business to make money. You crazy as all get out. You better stay with your employer. The business is going to sink you. There will be days that you wake up and have to look at yourself in the mirror. Did God say this? I mean, did, did God say start this? I mean, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Come on, somebody. How many times I look? I'm, or, did God even call us in? You think I'm called to preach the gospel? Why? Because of the suffering. But the suffering is, is, has, has something that it is working far better. you got to understand God is dedicated to the destination. But the destination don't matter without the process and the issues that arise. Today is just as important as when you stand there because the issues you're trying to work out today is the wisdom you will need when you arrive at the destination. This is why everybody's not running the race to completion. Everybody starts out with no sprint. Lord, Donna can go in there and get the sheets. I'm not talking, I can go out tomorrow. But there's sheets of paper left and right that we all started in the race together. There's a lot of, there's a lot of barracks and and, and makeshift tents along the way to take care of the wounded. All right. 
So I said, well, Lord, get on, get, get, can you get something good right here? I'm fixing to get something good. I'm almost done. <clears throat> Listen to this. I'm done right here. Avoiding the process doesn't create the promise. Instead, it is the gateway to problems. I'll say it again. Avoiding the process doesn't create the promise. Instead, it's the, it's the, it's the gateway to problems. What matters most is not found in the destination, but it is revealed in the issues that we have to resolve along the way to destiny. Think about this raising my children. If I fight every battle for Grant, he won't know how to fight. He won't know how to fight. So as a parent, you it's, it, in the game of baseball, I want to get in the box and help him and hit the ball, but he's got to learn how to struggle. There will nothing make him a better hitter than him learning how to dig himself out of his own rut. And when you make a mistake in the field, this is what Chipper Jones said. What separates a good baseball player from a great baseball player is the ability to forget the last mistake. You got to have that on this journey to destiny. I can probably show you more how not to do it than how to do it. But as leaders, when dealing, I'm just trying to tell you when leaders look in, they're not looking on how gifted you are. Grown leaders, they look at the little things how you treat your wife. It's quiet in my here. Huh? How you handle your children. One of the greatest, the greatest things that you could tell you is when Will Ford videoed Lily. And you know what he said? He said, I would have flew to Georgia just to see that. He videoed her and he said, that was worth the trip. To see a little girl expression, that's worth far more than riches, friend. I believe God wants us to hold the promise. But it's going to take a lot of cutting on me and on you to get to this place. Can I talk to us as family? We're going to take a lot of cutting to get to the place called maturity. To be able to, to handle what the Lord is doing in our lives. The business, the growth, and all of these things. All of these things are available. But let me just say this. You have to be willing when the business explodes to have someone to speak in your life and say you can't run it like we got five head anymore. It's quiet. Now you can keep running it like you know how to run it with five head and crash it in the ground. And nobody, listen, if I'm, on the, if I'm in the plane and I start seeing the tree line, I don't care what the plan. I don't care if I'm qualified to fly or not. I'm going up there to the cockpit. <laughs> hey, you asleep? Get this thing up there. This is how we have to do with each other's lives. And we live as family accountable. Not watching each other from, you know, from smoking a cigarette. But keeping each other accountable to what's in your account. I mean, God's called you to great things, man. Are you accountable to it? And this is it. And so what happens is every day what you, I, I just want to leave you with this. 
Because I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I've done a great job or they or not. But listen, I've been at it long enough, 20 plus years. Listen, there's times I go home and feel like I totally bombed it. And people tell you, oh my God, that was good. And there's times I feel like I hit a home run. And they'll be like, Matt Joker laid down a single today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here's the deal. It doesn't matter. i got to preach what's on my heart. You know what I'm saying? I trust the fact that God called me. And if he called me, then he qualified me, right? And then if he moved me here, then there's something in my life that's going to help us get to the next journey. All right, so here's the deal. If you see it in light of this, every day is the, is every day is the opportunity. Every day. You can't get lost in the mundane things of life. Every day. Every day. Every day. What you're doing matters. Your today is your setting up for tomorrow. How do you know that? Joshua said, prepare your hearts today. Sanctify yourself today for tomorrow. Sanctif- what you're doing right now today is what, you're be- is what you're setting up you're going to walk into tomorrow. Right? So you gotta, you got to build with caution. you got to build with, with intentionality, if you will. Every day, make it intentional. What you're, what you're doing. On your job, if you look, if we bring that... That photo that's in my office, this land of the south, all of us have different callings. My land is the south. This is where God called me. And I told Cleve this. I'm, I'm right here. The other day, we was in the vehicle, and we were going to Blackshear. And I said, I want to know where you're going to be buried. And Cleve said, man, I don't know where I'm going to be. You know what I'm saying? I said, well, I want to know where you're going to be buried. Why? Because God been dealing with me about making commitments. It's, uh, help me out right here, Alamite, you, or Amanda, or Alamite, whichever one. Will y'all go to the piano right and help me close this out? <laughs> y'all give it up for Amanda right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this, I'm just, t- t- and listen, I'm not saying anything tongue-in-cheek. I, nobody, I'm just telling you this. This is where I was at last Sunday, okay? This, and I'm still there today. This is where I was at. Well, last Sunday, we're in this room, and I mean, I can't do nothing but cry, but this has been in my heart now for a couple months. I've been thinking about this. Have, I told you often, I, this is, she knows if, if, if I go in the ground, who going to preach the funeral, who ain't? You know what I'm saying? She knows all of that. Ain't going to be no fakers. <laughs> it's going to be, you know what I'm saying? All right. And then I said, well, just, just put me here. This is the whole time. I mean, last Sunday, I'm just crying. And I'm crying over this one issue in my heart. And so I just look at Steve, and I get he's standing right here. And I tap him. This is there in the worship. Everybody, the, the glory of God. Hallelujah. Let the power come, Jesus. And I tap him on the shoulder. And I say, where are you going to be buried at? <laughs> He's like, what? And then I just said, this is going to sound crazy. This is just, just, this is just me. But I said, wherever you be buried, I'll be buried. Your people be my people. Your God be my God. You know, I was selling it before the Lord. This is it. This is it right here. I believe God prepared me for 20 years for this right here. For this. 
for this. Now, I ain't saying they're going to build us a double casket or none of that. But why let Steve in my life is the street credit, the experience. That's why I honor Dennis Harrell like I do, because of the experience. Because they fought the line in the bear. Got the trophy room to go to. A lot of you got a trophy room. Don't say that, don't take me where I'm not going. But I just feel like that, hey, and that's a big thing. You know what I'm saying? I understand what I just said. You know what I'm saying? And hey, if God moved me to Africa and He does move me, you didn't, that means you're going to be buried in Africa, all I know. <laughs> We'd be like Joseph. They would be picking our bones up each generation. We're moving John and Steve. Y'all remember them, don't you? Remember Steve, was hard. he was crazy. They say he was crazy. Holler out in that church, get you some. Moving our bones. If I just get, I'm just at this point that I try to give you what I've noticed proven out in our lives. And Catherine just sat there the other night. We were sitting outside. And she said, can you just believe it? Can you just believe it? But you know what? I can't believe it. Because God is writing that story that you heard. He's been writing it for 20-something years right here in Sparks, Georgia. And we're all in that storybook. He's got the best for all of us. And we're in this thing together. I sure hope so. I look at the things that has happened. And I'll just share this one story. Before you ever showed up, CJ, to have a place called Machine and Tool to Work, before there was ever a T-top, there was a preacher wanting a pulpit. And Kim Baldry built this pulpit for me and he wrote a letter that I still have in my drawer and you look at the tube and build on this pulpit and now you build and you, you this tubing wasn't in that it was in that shop was it until you built this pulpit he thought at that time I'm just building John the preacher down that cornerstone my friend the pulpit he never knowed that these bending of these tubing would be in three years what he would mass produce out of his shop that would take him to the next level. What are you saying? I'm telling you the little things today, how you handle them, friend. Jamie, how you handle the men when we get it up and running will determine whether you'll stand on the stage such as Promise Keepers where 400,000 men will gather every day. How you ride the farm. And when you just, when nobody's looking and you got the worship music playing and you just let out the, I love you, God. I thank you where I'm at right now. It shifts all of heaven over your family. I know what it's like to be at the far back. Steve will tell you, he remembers. Man, I used to never get the mic. And then when I got the mic to take up the offering the first time in front of Pastor Dale, I was, boy, I'm telling you, I was locked and loaded, son. I knew every scripture on finance has ever been, from maps to the revelation. And what I was, I just said, God, at one, just for one time, will you show that man today something on my life 
Let me tell you this. Man is the last person to recognize what's on your life. Did you hear what I said? Man is the last person. Let me give you another thing. Nobody can ordain what heaven has not ordained. You can stand two men up here, have every priest in the book. God will never ordain it. Can I get an amen in this church? Oh my God. I'm going to preach at 3 o'clock now. Lock the doors. Listen. Got up and took the offering up. He told my pastor, he said, I've seen that boy. I've seen him several times. Man, that boy. That boy, that boy can probably preach. He said, I believe he can preach. But I said, oh, he can preach. Back then I had everybody else's top ten, but I, I could preach a little bit. I had all kind of fire, no wisdom. <laughs> you know what happens a lot of times? That? That's like a jet plane with one engine flying. Just do these circles right here until you get the equipment to fly them both. Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. Long before there was Jesse Bass construction, there was Bass development. And Jesse Batts had to learn how to listen to what he said. If you don't listen to what he said, nobody's never going to listen to what you say. I'm trying. Maybe I'm wrong. Stand up with you. I preached too long this morning. You know, man, there's so many needs in this house right here. And I would just tell you this. Some I know... You know, Pate's not been on the, on the guitar on the stage for a couple of weeks. His mom desperately needs a miracle. Father, we just lift her up right now. We lift Pate up. We just lift them up before you, God. Father, we just say, heal his mom right now in Jesus' name. Touch Pate's heart, God. Let him know that he's got a family right here believing for him. Believing with him. Let me tell you this. The clouds you're having to live in right now will be the nutrients that you stand in tomorrow's sunshine. Chrissy Stone, the clouds won't always be there as they are today. It will not always be there as they are today. Today is not your final destination, friend. It's just where you find yourself. Just get the vision for a greater day in your family. Father, I bless this people with eyes to see. Father, I bless this people, Lord, and myself that we handle every day as a gift from you. Every day as a gift. Father, this life that James says is but a vapor. And we handle every day as a gift. Lord, don't let us, don't let us, don't let us hold grudges and things that would stand in our relationships. Let us deal with those things, Father. Let us give us a heart of understanding to understand each other, God. Help us, Lord. Help me, God. Help me, Lord, as I, as I, as I lead this place, God, that you would help me. Lord, I realize that, Father, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of help I need. And so, Father, I trust that you're going to provide that. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In the mighty name name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for growth coming on this body. Growth coming on this body. One of the things I'll tell you is I'll never forget one day, COVID, I come by you and this is what you said. You said, boy, you said, I've seen this church go, but boy, I've seen you grow. 
You know what? I hope that 10 years from now, you grab me and say, boy, I've seen this church grow. And boy, have I seen you grow. I've seen you grow, Dusty Statham. I've seen you grow, Cleve Edwards. You are light years from where you were when I got here. I've seen Bass believe it again. We got him out of the wilderness, got him out of the graveyard. Danny's back in the house. God's doing big things, friend. Clay, I've seen you grow a long ways. Look like we all have grown in this room. Father, thank you for growing us today. Matt and Stanton, we all have grown. And listen, I know I'm meddling right here. But you know what? There'll be, there'll be young eagles that'll peck the nest so hard that we'll sling them out. And we'll watch them soar. We'll say, my God, look at, look at, man, I, I, I remember when that joker couldn't preach <laughs> 10 minutes without stumbling. And we'll see him on the world stage. You believe that? Father, I just love you with all my heart this morning. I don't take it lightly for the privilege that you've entrusted me with, Father. Lord, I thank you for, the, for this house. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my beautiful wife that you've given me, Lord, to help me. My three beautiful boys, God, you have been so good to me, Father. You've provided, you've provided this house with strong men to help us, God, lead it. You've provided the bearded men in this house. Lord, help us to love one another and lay our lives down for each other. Don't let there be any schism in this body from no day forward, this day forward, Father. But help us prefer each other over our own lives. God, let us honor the least to the greatest. God, look, we have not come here to build another throne for another man, but we do want to build you a throne, Father. And we want to live our lives. And a hundred years from now, we want to be known as a people that live low to the dirt, but worshiped you with everything we had. And so, Father, we just thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, go hug your neighbor tonight, right here before we leave. Tell him you love him. God bless you all, friend. We'll see you here Wednesday night in this house. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.